This is the Breakfast Club, and you're listening to the Comic Book Nerds Podcast. Check us out, facebook.com backslash brizcliz, or on Instagram, at brizcliz. That's B-R-I-Z-C-L-I-Z, all the best in breakfast merchandise. Looking for news in the comic book world? Looking to hear what we think about your favorite comic book movies, TV shows, and books? Well, check us out now on Captain Diamond and Super Dad, the comic book nerds. Everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Comic Book Nerds. I'm Captain Diamond and I'm Super Dad and we are here to talk Spider-Man Homecoming. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Peter Parker, the third incarnation of the comic book character Spider-Man is here today and we are going to talk all about it. Now, we want to thank everyone who has downloaded last week's episode, which so far has been the most successful episode that we've had so far. And we want to give a special shout out and a thank you to Brother Renee. That's right. Yep. Thank you, Brother Renee, for joining us on last week's episode. You are sure that you're going to be in another episode soon because, man, this guy knows his things. Mm -hmm. But let's talk Spider-Man Homecoming. Now, for those of you that listen to our episode, what we like to do first is break down the characters, the main ones in our opinion, and we give you a little bit of a background information on them. So let's start with Ned, Peter Parker's best friend, and in my opinion, the worst person to know his secret identity, or as our cousin Brian likes to call him, the Hawaiian chink. So Captain, what did you think about Ned, and what do you think about the fact that he knows Spider-Man's secret identity? Well... In all the other on all the other Spider-Man movies, we've never met Ned. So I like how they brought this new character in that you can do a lot with cuz we've never met him. So in my opinion, I think he's a really good character, but the worst person to know his secret identity, wearing his mask. I mean, I have to agree. Yeah, he is the worst person to know the secret identity of Spider-Man. I mean, at that point when they're in the gym and he starts screaming, Peter knows Spider-Man? I mean, come on, dude. Seriously? Like, learn to stay quiet. All right. The next person on my list is an actress that you like. um, Someone that you've watched. I believe it's on the Disney Channel. Zendaya, who plays uh, MJ, but not Mary Jane Watson. The MJ we all know from the comics, but a different incarnation of MJ. What did you think about MJ's minor character in this movie? Well, MJ sounds familiar, but it's not Mary Jane Watson. No, like, it's not. It's kind of confusing, but in this movie, we'll bring a lot of new characters, like Ned, for instance. These characters haven't been from the comic books, but I bet in the future, we'll see the comic book people. You know, when I was watching this and I saw that her name is MJ, but not Mary Jane Watson, it reminds me of Smallville when they have the Flash, but his name is Bart Allen. I mean, come on, you have the rights to use the name. Why not stay to basic? Why not use Mary Jane Watson? I mean, that's what I have to say. So the next person on our list here is Aunt May, played by Marissa Tomei, which is an actress that I have a lot of respect for. What did you think about pretty much the new Aunt May, a younger version of Aunt May? I like how this movie is bringing a lot of new people, but reminds us of the old. Because this Aunt May, in the other movie, she has gray hair. This movie, she looks... 
30s, maybe. The other movie, she looks 80. So. I mean, what I like about Aunt May is the fact that, like, for example, your aunt, your older aunt, um, from my side of the family, she's actually a young person. So it shows the dynamic that a young person can still step up and take care of the role. I mean, Marissa Tomei is not a very young actress. I'm not going to throw out age numbers in there out of respect. But it shows good that the fact that she plays kind of like a single mother role. And actually, in this movie, in my opinion, has shown the best of Aunt May. Because in that scene, and I know I'm from Fording a little bit here. In that scene when he's getting ready for homecoming and she's showing him how to tie the tie and watching YouTube videos and she's trying to teach him how to dance. It's showing her struggle as a quote-unquote single mother, showing the struggles of having to deal with a boy. Now, before I jump to the next character, this is the first incarnation of Peter Parker where we don't see the death of Uncle Ben. We have no Uncle Ben here. I believe that the writers and the producers of this movie are respecting the fact that us, the fans, already know the story of Spider-Man. We already know that he gets bitten by a radioactive spider. We already know there was an Uncle Ben who passed away, and they don't have that. What is your opinion? Do you like the fact that they didn't give us a new Uncle Ben to just kill off right away? Or do you like the fact that they respect us as fans to know the backstory already? Which I actually kind of wanted to see Uncle Ben. Now, him getting his powers, we already know that story, so I'm, I'm okay with. But Uncle Ben, I would kind of want to see him because... You get to see, you get to see um, Peter actually get rage and stuff like in the other movies. So because that's why Uncle Ben is the reason he became a superhero, and he doesn't explain in this movie why he became a superhero. Okay, I mean I see your point there. Now the next uh, person on our list, and it's funny that this is actually a minor character in the movie, Tony Stark, aka Iron Man, has a small role in this movie where he pops in and out. He's kind of the mentor type uh, to Peter throughout this movie. We saw their relationship start off in Civil War. Um, what do you think about Iron Man or Tony Stark's uh, role in this movie? Well, I like how in this movie he's mature. Like, in the first Iron Man movie, he was crazy. But in this movie, he's actually really mature. And I like Tony's relationship with Peter where Peter's like, Mr. Stark, Mr. Stark, Mr. Stark. And... And how Tony Stark likes Aunt May. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's just a joke between them. I mean, we saw at the end what happens with Pepper Potts returns um, at the end of the film. But yeah, Tony has a kind of like a mentor father role to Peter Parker in this movie, which we've never really seen from Tony. Aside from that little small thing with him and Harley. Oh, God. In Iron Man 3. But this time he has it with, you know... Somebody who actually possesses, and I know I sound like a hypocrite when I, you know, hated Harley in Iron Man 3, and here I am saying, oh my god, Tom Holland is awesome as Spider-Man, but it's completely different, you know? Yeah. Um, the next person who actually has a pretty big role in this movie, someone who last week we were talking, the three of us, about what a great character he was, Happy Hogan is back, yep. and Happy Hogan has a big role in this movie. Um, what did you think about Happy Hogan in this movie? I like how he like kind of hates Peter, but not hates him, hates him. And I like how he has this big role. And all the other ones, like he says in this movie, Tony, he was just a driver. Then he was just head of security. So Yeah, I mean, 
You know, um, I really like the way that Happy Hogan was in this movie. I love the interaction and the relationship between Peter and Happy Hogan. The beginning of the movie where you see, um, you know, Peter recording with his video diary, everything. And even Happy Hogan's trying to fall asleep on the private plane. And, you know, Peter's playing around. They're sleeping in separate rooms next to each other. Peter keeps talking. It's such a great dynamic. Um, you know, it's showing a different side of Happy Hogan. That we really haven't seen and it's really showing him growing in his own as a character and even though you know we'll never see a happy hogan film this has to be the closest that we've seen him in a co-starring role because even in iron man where he's a big part of it he wasn't the co-star in it so this right here i mean if i had to pick the three starring people would be Spider-Man, Vulture, and Happy Hogan right there, right under Vulture, and even close enough because, in my opinion, I think we see a lot more of Happy Hogan and a sense of him than we do of the Vulture. Now, speaking of the Vulture, a.k.a. Adrian Tomes, what did you think about Michael Keaton's role as the Vulture? Well, it's very different because I'm used to seeing him as a hero, not a villain. So I like how in this movie you see a different side where he's a villain. We're used to seeing him as a superhero. So... And his character, how he's using the alien technology and making his suit and being this vulture guy, doing stuff and changing with the world. I like that about him. Yeah, I mean, when I first heard that Michael Keaton was cast into this role, I was a little upset. The reason being is because I've been wanting a Batman Beyond movie with Michael Keaton starring as Bruce Wayne as an older Batman, especially after we saw him in this movie called The Birdman, where he plays um, you know, a has-been superhero in a movie. And I thought, man, it'd be great to have him. And when I heard he got cast in this, my dreams went out the window because I'm like, okay, if he's being cast in this, what are the chances he'll get a DC movie? But I got to say, I really enjoyed Michael Keaton in this film. It really got to see a different personality of him, you know, in a way, you got to see him a lot more serious than what we've really been used to for a while. You know, when I think of Michael Keaton, I think about him as Beetlejuice. I think about him as Batman. I think about him as Multiplicity. You know, so to see him here and to see him kind of, you know, become the Vulture was great, you know. And now, uh, you know, the main guy, the main star, Peter Parker himself, Spider-Man. What did you think about Tom Holland's performance in this movie as Spider-Man? Well, it's not what I'm used to, which was these older guys being in, like, almost graduating high school. This guy's, like, maybe, like, freshman. So, so I like how they're bringing him younger, and I like how um, Iron Man is giving him the suits. In all the other movies, he's making the suits. But in this movie, he made a suit that was sucky. Iron Man gave him suits. So... Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you're right. I do like the fact that at one point he is stripped of his costume and he has to go back to basics with the costume he had originally made of a hoodie. Um, you know, I do like the fact, like you were stating, that when you look at the other uh, Spider-Man incarnations, they're all older guys. So, like, for example, the original trilogy of Tobey Maguire, they had to rush him out of high school because Tobey, Tobey Maguire looked like he was 30-something in the movies. So they didn't keep him in high school that long. But right now, Tom Holland's... Looks 15. I mean, he looks believable as a kid. You know, he doesn't look that much bigger than he was in Civil War. So I like the fact that they can do that. You know, and that's my thing. My thing is, you know, it's crazy to see how young he is. You know, all right. So let me ask you something. When the movie opened up 
And the first shot you see is of the Avengers Tower. After the Battle of New York and it's all destroyed, did it bring you that sense of, yes, this movie is a part of the universe. Even though we've already seen Spider-Man in Civil War, we know he's a part of the universe. But just right there, that connection, how iconic was just that one scene? It was amazing because, like, when you if you haven't seen Civil War, you didn't know that he was a part of the universe. So if you just want to see Spider-Man and you didn't know about him in Civil War... You just see it, and you see that it opens up with Avengers Tower. You're like, yes, it's a part of our Marvel Universe. Finally, he's we're going to see Iron Man and Peter Parker. Yeah, and I mean, I like the fact that they also kept it a little bit more to basics, where they had him as our friendly neighborhood spider. You saw him going around, give you directions. You know, there's a scene where there's a guy who's a vendor in the street. Hey, you're that spider guy. Do a flip for me. And he does a flip and it shows him interaction with your everyday people. Somebody stole the bike. There's a scene where a guy looks like he's stealing a car. And right there, Spider-Man shows up. You know, hey, you're stealing a car and all this stuff. And it shows him as just being just in the neighborhood. He's not at that point. He's not fighting aliens. He's not fighting supervillains because we still haven't seen Vulture yet. But it shows how he's just a normal, you know, teenage kid who's fighting everyday crime. Now, really fast before I move on, that scene with the car. Do you remember who pops up in that scene? Yes, I do. In fact, the man himself, Stan Lee, pops out in that scene. Yeah, it was good to see Stan Lee coming up uh, as Gary, looking out his window, yelling at Peter, and then talking to his neighbor from across, asking, hey, how's your mother? You know, that to me is hilarious. I love yes. seeing Stan Lee cameos, you know. It was great to see that. Now, question. The suit that he's wearing um, throughout this movie, what did you think about it? The fact that he had his AI technology inside of him, where it's kind of, you know, I believe her name was what? Kate? Ka Karen. Karen. There we go. Karen, who talks to him. He's able to see things the way that Tony Stark sees things in his Iron Man costume. What is your opinion on that technology? Do you like the fact that he has all that tech? Or do you believe he would? he should have kept it to basic where he's just wearing a suit and just his webs are pretty much the only technology that he needs to use. Well, I actually like how he has his own Jarvis. And his suit's pretty cool and how he has his person. So, like, when he's fighting crime and he needs advice, he doesn't have to stop, call Tony for advice. He just says, hey, Karen, I need advice. Can you help me? And she says, okay, do this and stuff. Now, rewatching this movie, um, I know we saw it not that long ago, but we saw it again uh, this morning. I was a little creeped out by Karen. I mean, Karen sounded like at one point she was flirting with Peter. She sounded a little too friendly with him, wanting to be up in his business. Did you get that vibe too, or were you just seeing it very platonic? I actually did, because he, when he was talking to her about, should I... Um, should I tell the girl that I like that I'm Spider-Man? Will she be upset with me? And she's like, oh, I wouldn't be upset with you. That kind of gave me a really weird kind of vibe. Yeah, it was a little weird. Now, you know, aside from Stan Lee, there was another big character who had a cameo in this movie. Do you know who made a cameo? Or do you remember, at least, who made the cameo in the gym scene where they're watching the TV? Oh, I do remember the cameo. And who is it? It is Captain America. That's right. Captain America, a.k.a. the war criminal, 
is on the TV telling them that they're going to do the Captain America challenge. The gym teacher had me laughing when he's like, I'm pretty sure he's a war criminal, but hey, let's watch this video anyways and listen to what he has to say. I love how that right there, you know, brings back together everything going on in Civil War where it's showing you, hey, at the end of Civil War, he becomes a fugitive on the loose. Now, really fast. I was thinking about this today when I was watching the movie. When Aunt May asks Peter, where have you been at the beginning? And he's like, oh, remember I was with Mr. Stark. I was doing the internship program, which is why he was supposed to be with Mr. Stark the whole time. But in reality, he was actually fighting Captain America and they were doing Civil War. Wouldn't Aunt May be watching the news and see that Iron Man is fighting against Captain America? Everyone knows Tony Stark's as Iron Man. Wouldn't she figure that Peter would somehow be involved in that? Because if right now you were to tell me that you were going to be with, let's say, Brother Renee... And I watch the news and I see Brother Renee in a fight. I'm going to think, well, where's Captain Diamond? Why wasn't she worried that here's Iron Man fighting a bunch of other Avengers? He's supposed to be with Peter Parker and Peter is nowhere to be seen. I mean, yes, at the end of this movie, we see that she realizes that he is uh, Peter Parker right before the film ends. But it's still hilarious at the fact that she never thought, hey, if Tony's doing all these things, Tony's Iron Man. Why is she letting her nephew hang out with a guy who in Iron Man 3 said, here's my address, come and kill me, and she's letting him hang out with them? What do you think? Well, I think in Civil War, there weren't no news cameras. I don't remember there being actually any news cameras, but if there was, she is very bad at protecting him from crime. I mean, think about it. If everybody knew that Captain America was a war criminal, they had to know there was a problem. And remember, during Civil War, you had the whole explosion, you had the fight, you had Black Panther coming. So all this is on the news. They were all looking for Bucky. They all know Iron Man had signed the pact for the Avengers Initiative. I mean, Aunt May, wake up. You know, that's what. I, that's all I kept thinking throughout this. Now, my, my question to you is, there's a funny thing that goes on where... Peter finds out he has the training wheel protocol inside of his suit, which is what uh, Tony Stark installed in order to keep a tab on him and make sure that he's learning as he's using the costume. And he just doesn't have all of these web shooters, you know, a.k.a. the web shooter setting, that he doesn't have the interrogation, that he doesn't have kill mode. What did you think about the training wheel protocol? Well, I actually thought it was hilarious that he had a training wheels protocol and that he's a 15-year-old with training wheels protocol and it's actually not what you think it is. It's just a learning basis, but I still think it's funny the name that Tony put for it. I mean, it's weird at the fact that this grown man has installed kill mode in a 15-year-old's costume, you know? I mean, come on, dude. You got to think more. You know, you're the man who created Ultron. You know, sometimes things malfunction. How do you put it in so easily hacked where a bunch of teenagers hacked into this multi-million dollar suit? You know, what do you yes. think? I actually never thought of that. He he probably didn't think that he wasn't that smart and that he would try and hack into the suit because at first he didn't know about all this stuff going on about training wheels protocol and the tracker and all that stuff he didn't know about that so i think that's why he just put it in so easily yeah it's weird to see also that a lot of this technology that tony possesses i mean he has an airplane that flies on its own but he doesn't have security cameras inside in order for them to see that hey nobody got on board no one's trying to steal it i mean you know tony's very reckless in that sense in this movie you know and it's very weird now 
there's a funny scene in this movie that I every time I've watched it, it makes me, you know, cry from laughing. It's when Donald Glover, it's the actor's name, you know, I believe his name in the movie was Aaron. When he is uh, getting his ice cream out of his car, Peter comes to interrogate him. He shoots the web at him and he starts talking and he has the interrogation voice, which is a very thick, hey, tell me, you know, kind of like a voice very deep. And Donald Glover looks at him and goes, what's wrong with your voice? I know what you sound like. I know what a girl sounds like. And in that voice, I'm not a girl. I'm a boy. I mean, a man. How hilarious was that scene? That scene, every time I see it, it cracks me up. It's hilarious. It's like one of the funniest scenes of the whole movie. Yeah, I mean, I I laughed so hard today. Like, it was the first time I ever watched it. Now, bringing it back together, you know, it's crazy when we get to the fairy scene. You know, this is the scene where Peter finally finds out, you know, that Michael Keaton is the villain, the one in charge. You know, the, they're doing the buy there for all the weapons, the money. And in that scene, when the vulture rises and the vulture cuts the fairy in half, there's a part where Spider-Man is shooting the webs and he's bringing the fairy together. And you see him with his arms open, kind of like, you know, side to side, like a cross. His arms are wide open and he's bringing it together. And as I'm watching that, all I can think of is that scene in Spider-Man 2 when Dr. Octopus is fighting Spider-Man on the train and he's trying to stop the train and he's shooting the webs on every building and he's holding on and he's holding on and the costume is ripping and it was like kind of like an homage i feel like it when you watched that did it bring back memories to the original spider-man yes i actually think it was a tribute to that movie because it made sense because it was almost exactly like that scene just with different settings and stuff like that so i think it was more of a tribute but hidden tribute if you know yeah, no, and it's it's crazy to see that, you know, and when the fight continues and they move on to another scene, which is when he finds out that Michael Keaton's character is the father of the girl that he likes in the movie, when he's standing there at the door and he sees him, put yourself in those shoes. How would you react seeing that? Would you have stayed as calm as Peter or would you have gone into not kill mode, but Avenger mode? I would have gone Avenger mode. I would have called Tony, say that there was a villain right next to me, let Tony come, arrest the guy. Sure, it's putting... He, I would rather save the world than like a girl. Really? Okay. I mean, that's different. I think to me, I think he did good. You know, staying calm, not showing it. What really sucked was once Michael Keaton's character figured out that he was Spider-Man because of his daughter blabbing on about how he knows about you know Tony Stark and he hangs out and he was at all these places but he wasn't you know and he figures it out oh man who is this guy so that's crazy to see that um he goes to homecoming he sells out his date he goes to fight the vulture there is a scene when the vulture is fighting him and the vultures breaking the building the building collapsed on top of Peter and you hear Peter start crying the vulture leaves and Peter's crying, help, help, somebody help me. I need your help. And you hear his voice breaking. To me, that was so powerful because to me, that was the emotion of a teenager. Think about it. This whole time we've been seeing him, he's been so fearless. You know, yeah, when he was on top of the Washington Monument, he was a little scared, but he still did it. But here he was, a broken kid under all these rocks. How powerful was that scene when Peter's just screaming for help? 
This is before he gets all the energy to break up when it's on top of him. What did you feel? Did you feel that this was a teenage boy? Yes, it was very, very sad to see that part where I almost started crying because it was really sad and you see his reflection and it's just so sad and you actually realize, oh wait, these are superheroes, but they're also people. Yeah. So at the end, the Vulture and Spider-Man continue to fight. Spider-Man notices that the Vulture's costume is about to blow up. He tries to save him. It blows up. Luckily, Vulture lives. Peter goes into the fire, carries him out. Next thing you know, he ties him up, leaves a note there for Happy Hogan saying, hey, I caught the bad guy. And at the end, he turns down the opportunity to become an Avenger. Now, I know you had something you want to talk about about that. Yes. What did you want to talk about? I would actually want to know your most serious opinion on that scene of what would you have said? Would you have said yes or no? I see where Peter's coming from, where he's realizing that he kind of does need that training wheel mode. I think he's realizing that he needs to stay being the friendly Spider-Man, you know, the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. So I think Peter Parker made the right decision for Peter Parker. So I agree with his decision now. You know what? No, I'm not going to get into Infinity War because that's something else. But we, I want to see how he is able to continue as the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man before Infinity War. Will we get a chance to look at that? That's what I'm very intrigued on seeing. You know, maybe there's footage that will be released and everything like that because this is just a kid in the end of it. You know, and, you know, that's crazy. So, all right, so it's time for us to give this a star rating review. Now, for those of you that are first-time listeners, our star rating is one star is bad, five star is amazing. So far, we have not given anything a five star and we haven't given anything less than a three. Now, Captain... Would you like to go first? Yes. Um, my, my stars for this movie is four stars. Four stars. Wow. What did you like and dislike about this? Well, I liked um, a lot of stuff. How they kept a lot of the original where he actually does run out web fluids and stuff like that. But I also didn't like how they have, they forgot about some original characters. Like, his original best friend, Mary Jane. I didn't like how they didn't have this them in this movie. That's why I gave it a four-star rating. All right. Um, I guess I'm just like you, where I am also giving it a four-star. And the reason why I'm giving it a four-star is, yes, I didn't like the character of MJ. I get it was a background character. I didn't like the character of Ned. It had its funny moments, but I didn't feel like it was a good character to have. You know, I, I there was a lot of things that I liked. I liked the the interaction with Iron Man. I liked the interaction with Happy Hogan. I, I love the Vulture. I like uh, Aunt May playing the single mother role as an aunt. But overall, I think this movie could have been a lot better. But you know what? This movie to me is one of the best Spider-Man movies. And, you know, to me, it's one of the funny movies. It's not up there with other of the movies, which I'm not going to state their names when we review those. I'll let you know which ones are funnier. But it was a good movie overall. So, yeah, I guess both of us give it a four star. Uh, we'll post online to let you guys know where um, it ranks along the other movies that we've done. And speaking of other movies, 
um, Captain, let us know what the poll is that is going to be live today so that these people can vote for, for next week. Well, the next week's movies are going to be Iron Man, the first Iron Man, versus Captain America Civil War, which Spider-Man was actually introduced in that. That's right. And as we stated off the air, we've already done Black Panther. We've done Spider-Man Homecoming. And look at that. Now we get Civil War. And wait a minute. We've already done Iron Man 3. Iron Man's in this movie. So no matter what, next week we're going to talk about recurring characters that we've already done before. Now, everyone that knows me knows Iron Man is my favorite Marvel movie. So will we talk about my favorite Iron Man movie or my favorite Marvel movie, period? I don't know. I mean, guys, you know, help me out. <laughs> or we could talk about Civil War, which is actually one of the best Marvel movies out there. So, I mean, I think no matter what, we're not going to lose. Any in particular that you want to talk about? Um, no. I mean, no matter what, I don't think we get to lose. What do you think? Yeah, I love them both. I'm probably going to give the same rating for both of them. So. Yeah, that's right. All right, so before we uh, finish up today's episode, uh, there's one thing that Captain Diamond and I were talking about that we're going to implement onto our social media and our website. It's called the Comic Book Nerds Summer Reading. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk to some of our friends. Um, including Brother Renee, we're going to talk to Jay, and uh, we're going to talk to um, Turtle, and we're going to talk to them, and we're going to find out what comic books or graphic novels, comic book related, they recommend for you, the fans, to read during the um, the summer. Um, right now, we don't have a list yet. We actually um, are getting that together, and we will have it up by Monday for everybody to have a list. If you have the books that they're reading, hey, send us, tag us on it, that you have the books, that you're reading it, and we'll repost it onto our social media. And we'll thank you guys, and we'll give you a shout-out on next week's episode. So we want to thank everybody for everything that you've done. This is Captain Diamond and Super Dad signing off. The Comic Book Nerds is a proud member of the Bearded Hashtag Podcast Network.